Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today pre-market podcast. My name is Henry Jennings and it is Tuesday the 24th of January. And as usual with all the information contained in this podcast, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this podcast. All right, well let's kick things off today in our usual fashion with the scores on the doors and the Dow Jones finished finishing up 254 points, or 0.76 of a percent, 33,630. Springing into the new week uh, with a plomb, we did have a high on the Dow of 407 points up and a low of 59 points down. The Nasdaq, really the standout, up 2.01%, 224 big points, 11,364. And the S&P 500, in the middle for diddle, as usual, 1.2% better, 47 points, cracking the 4,000 level, 4,020 fixed volatility index in all this positivity was down 0.7 of a percent, 19.72%. But it really was the big techs in the US that were doing very well. Apple up 2.4%, Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook, 2.8%. Google 1.8, Microsoft 1%, Amazon slightly lagging the rest of them, 0.3%. Tesla, though, big, big bounce, just shows you what happens if you stop tweeting, up 7.7%. Netflix up 4.4%. US banks doing well, JP Morgan up 1.6%. Citigroup 1.7%. Goldman Sachs bouncing backs up 2.1%. Bank of America up 1.4%. Wells Fargo up 2.5%. And Block. The artist formerly known as Square, 7.2% better. Part of that rise is because Bitcoin hit 23,000 last night, up 3.2%, hovering around that 23,000 level. So, of course, Block does have some exposure to Bitcoin, which has been one of the best performing assets on the global stage this year, 2023. As a result of all this, SPY Futures up another 25 points. We will be waiting for the CPI tomorrow. And of course, it is a shortened week, last week of the school holidays. And we do have that public holiday on Thursday with the markets closed. But 25 points on the ASX 200 Futures, a good sign. European markets slightly firmer. Stock 600 up 0.5, FTSE up 0.2, Germany up 0.5, France up 0.5. It's a bit of a theme, isn't it? Spain up 0.3. Anyway, we do have, of course, restricted trade in Asia, and uh, Japan was one of the only markets open yesterday, up around 1%. China and Hong Kong, of course, closed for Lunar New Year. In 10-year and two years, US 10s, a little bit higher last night, 3.523. We are in the blackout period now. Fed heads not allowed to speak, so that's going to help the market as well. So we do get, of course, the Federal Reserve meeting in the next week. But uh, at the moment, the Fed heads not allowed to talk. So a good thing for the market in a vacuum. Uh, we will fill that void with our own optimism. The US two years was 4.23% and 10-year Aussie 3.478, now lower 
than the US 10-year bond yield. Interesting. Bitcoin, as I say, approaching 23,000. The Aussie going through 70 cents, 70.27. The US dollar index, though, up 0.12 of a percent. Looking at commodities overnight, we had Brent crude up 0.4%, WTI up 0.4%, gold, surprisingly, given the US dollar was up 0.12% in terms of that US dollar index, was actually up 0.24%, $4.70, so going pretty well. Silver had a bit of a tumble last night, down 2%. Copper up half a percent, still creeping ever higher. Nickel continues to be volatile, down 2.3%, aluminium up one2 Zinc up 0.7, lead down 1.6 ton, down 0.3%. Iron ore, of course, pretty much uh, stagnant given the Asian Lunar New Year holiday. So nothing, as they say, to go on there. BHP in ADR terms down 0.12%. Rio in ADRs up 0.5%. Other miners overseas. Freeport down 1%. Alcoa having a little bit of a bounce after those nasty numbers that we saw. 1.5% tech up, oh sorry, down 1.2%. Anglo up 0.6%. Glencore up 0.4%. Vale unchanged. Albemarle kicking again. Good for lithium stocks. We'll continue to see uh, good buying in those lithium producers, especially UBS has upgraded uh, the big three, which is Pilbara, of course, Mineral Resources, and IGO, Albemarle up 4.9%. So expect action in the lithium space today and expect action in our market today with those um, SPY futures up 25 points. Tesla and Apple gaining on hopes that the reopening in China would boost their businesses. So certainly that is the big story as we have told or written about in the newsletter. The big story, of course, is the second biggest economy in the world reopening and uh, the health officials are saying really 1.1 billion people have been infected with COVID. So pretty much everyone in China seems to have got it. Um, obviously, death rates not particularly great, but um, we haven't seen the collapse or the pivot back to strict draconian restrictions that we had seen previously. In the US, semiconductor stocks rose on Monday. The VanEck Semiconductor ETF had its best day since November, up 4.7%. We did get a little bit of economic data out in the US. The conference board's leading economic index decreased 1% in December to 110.5, followed decline 1.1% in November. The index is now down 4.2% over the six-month period between June and December. The Qatar Investment Authority has boosted its stake in Credit Suisse to 6.9%. And the Bank of Canada which is an economy very similar to ours. I know we always look at the U.S. for guidance, but really and truly the U.S. economy is completely and utterly different to the Australian economy. There is a tech and service economy, ours is a mining economy, not unlike Canada. But the Bank of Canada looks as if it's set to slow increases in its key rate to a quarter of a percent this week and then hit pause. This is according to some analysts reflecting a somewhat better than expected economic outlook. Meanwhile, the bear, Mike Wilson at Morgan Stanley, said investors should be wary of the rally in U.S. markets. This rally has been led by low quality and heavily shorted stocks. I think I disagree with that. It's also witnessed a strong move in cyclical stocks relative to defensives. Spotify laid off 6% of its workforce, about 600 employees. 
it's worth reading the internal memo that uh, Daniel Eck sent to staff. Interesting exercise there. Uh, activist investor Elliott Management has made a multi-billion dollar investment in Salesforce. And Chinese equities have climbed almost 50% since last October. European stocks have surged 25% since September. Copper is up 30% and Bitcoin is up around 30% since the start of the year. Puts a few things in perspective then. And we're still arguing, of course, or at least some of the talking heads on the US CNBC, arguing whether this is a bear market rally or the start of a new bull market by the time they come up with the naming of the parts, by the time they come up with officially putting some sort of handle on the rally or the bounce, um, it will probably all be over. So don't worry about naming it, just go with it. In local news today, Origin Energy will be open to competing bids for the first time since the company was put in play. Looks like the Brookfield and its EIG partners exclusivity period is set to end with no deal in sight. Some broker research out this morning. Let's run through it quickly. UBS has upgraded Australian lithium producers, IGO Mineral Resources and Pilbara. IGO upgraded to a buy from neutral. Target increase big time, $19.90 now from $15.70. Mineral resources upgraded to buy from neutral. Target increase to $118 from $93. 29% upside there. Pilbara. Upgraded to neutral from sell. Well, they had a sell on it and it's gone up and now they're neutral on it. Well done, boys. You've nailed that one. The target has been increased to $4.70 from $3.40. Why anybody listens to UBS, I don't know, but people do. Karoon Energy upgraded to overweight from neutral at Jardins. And Mincor Resources downgraded to neutral from outperform at Macquarie. Whitehaven Coal downgraded to neutral from buy at UBS, and Credit Suisse has upgraded Borrell, but it has downgraded ABC, CSR, Fletcher Building, and GWA. Breville Group upgraded to overweight from neutral at Baron Joey, and Morgan Stanley upgrades Premier Investments, downgrades Accent and Katmandu, and REA Group downgraded to neutral from positive at Evans & Partners. In other news, Nanosonics downgraded to market weight from overweight at Wilson's. And we have seen uh, RED, Red 5, has released its December 22 quarterly report. King of the Hill production and processing commercial production declared at King of the Hills gold mine on the 16th of December. Production guidance for second half full year 23 of 90 to 105,000 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of between 1750 and 1950 Aussie an ounce. Sanfire Resources also reported Q2 copper production, 20,000 tonnes. The market was going for around 19.3 thousand tonnes. And 2.9 Metals, which had a bit of a collapse before Christmas, has reported Q4 copper equivalent production, 19.7, which was against 19.9 a quarter ago. Sorry, 19.8 a quarter ago. So slightly below that quarter. Copper production uh, was down significantly, 8,000 ounces versus 12.3 thousand ounces. And Perseus Mining has reported Q2 gold production, 130.9 thousand ounces versus the market going for 128,000 ounces. 
Evolution Mining has said it's on track to deliver FY23 guidance with planned quarterly production performance weighted to the second half of the year. Uh, the company produced 166,404 ounces in the December quarter, up 3%. That's Samfire reaffirming FY23 output guidance as well. And that is about it on the announcements front at this time of day. Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Question of the day today. This goes as Bill Gates is talking about nuclear power being political. Should Australia embrace nuclear power, given that we are a producer of uranium? Uh, should we embrace nuclear power as well in an effort to continue to go a little bit greener in our lives? Well, that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. And as always, may the trading gods go with you. 